0: Well, Welcome to episode number 10 of the Dads on Tap podcast. My name is Scott Maudsley and I'm your host for our podcast and also the founder of Dads on Tap, a nonprofit I started to help craft better dads. You can learn more about our work and mission at dadsontap.com. Today we're going to have a great conversation about how to bring fun home with my good friend Chris Carneal. He is the founder of Booster, which is one of the country's leading fundraising companies, Chris, 21 years. My goodness, bro, that's amazing. (laughs) I believe it's 16 and a half or over 16 and a half million students you guys have served. Is that right? That's right. Man, and then you've helped to raise, I'm sure well over $600 million now for meaningful causes. So that's really cool. We could invest the rest of our podcast going through your bio. So we're not gonna do that, but we are gonna add those to the show notes so people can see that. But I wanna say, Chris is a great leader most importantly, he's a great friend and a great dad. Chris, we're honored to have you today as our guest on Dads on Tap podcast.
1: Scott, thanks for having me. Hello to the audience. I'm a fellow audience member, so what an honor. Love what you started. Man, I've known you for 30 years, probably, and I just love the joy you bring everywhere and the people you get to impact, and thanks for the opportunity. Excited to be here.
0: That's great, man. Well, you have a lot of great business and community accomplishments, but for me, those aren't the things that define you. What defines you is your infectious spirit, your heart for others and your desire to learn, grow and help others do the same. In fact, you mentioned it, bro. We I've known your family almost your entire life. I went on a date with your sister as a senior in high school in Miami.
1: (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up, but since you did.
0: (laughs) It was fun. It was great. We went different directions, but man, I I love it. In fact, I think I met you. We'll hear a little bit about your story, family story. I think I met you, maybe you were, man, five or six, maybe something like that. I mean, so our topic today for today's podcast is going to be bringing fun home. And man, I cannot wait to get your thoughts and ideas on how we as dads can consistently infuse fun and joy into our homes. But but before we get there, I always like to begin by asking our guests about their dads, because so much of who we are as dads and men are shaped by our fathers, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. So bro, tell us a little bit about your dad and your relationship with him.
1: Yeah, thanks, Scott. Yeah, every father son relationship has, you know, ups and downs and moments. My parents were divorced and then Both parents got remarried, so got a great dad, got a great stepdad, but that was now that I'm in my early 40s looking back and been to some counseling and seeing that, man, divorce definitely is not ideal. I always knew that, but I also had the opportunity to only really be with my dad, though I saw him almost daily. My parents' divorce was interesting and unique. He was a great dad. He was very involved, but he was involved in the sports side of my life and in the weekend side of my life, not necessarily like the Tuesday afternoon, let's do homework. So, coached every sports team I ever played on. He played baseball at a, at a high level, and, and I did through college. That was a bonding experience for us, and uh, that was kind of what our thing was, sporting events, primarily baseball. Growing up in South Florida, we go to Miami Hurricane baseball games in the spring and football games in the fall. There we go. That was for you. Throw up the U. I know it's been 20 years since we've been relevant, but let me tell you, we were very relevant in the 80s and 90s, and it was
0: awesome. Chris, my kids often ask me, like, Dad, why do you torture yourself so much?
1: Yeah. Listen, five national championships in, what, 12 years or something, 15 years. It was, it was a lot of fun to be a cane back then. But we'll get it back one day. So my dad and I's relationship was probably most based on events and experiences, which I'm an Enneagram 7, and I don't know nature versus nurture if you are a 7 and you love experiences, or because of that upbringing, I became a 7 because that's what I thought you know, really good connection was. But the good of that is, man, we had a lot of really great fun times. Disney World, I was an only child, so I had all of my dad's attention when I had it. But at the same time, my parents were divorced, so I didn't... Our relationship was almost... In retrospect, it was probably too event-centric because it was he'd pick me up on Friday, we'd go to a game, hang out Saturday, drop me back off with my mom. So my mom did a lot of the heavy lifting of parenting. My dad did a lot of the experience creation. But... For a divorced family, the fact that my dad stuck around and was involved in my life is very rare. And I'm really grateful for that, for the experiences we had. As I got married and had kids, I realized that, as my wife told me, not all of life is just a fun experience. What I was trying to create was the Saturday mornings with my dad every day. So I'm going to talk about fun. What, one of the things I've realized as our kids have gotten older is that it doesn't have to be fun all the time. And I was creating that because that's what I thought in many ways it needed to be.
0: Yeah, that's great, man. Well, you've gone there, so let's just take a moment, let, brag on your family for a second, man. Tell us about your wife and kiddos.
1: Yeah, Lindy and I have been married for almost 22 years. We met in eighth grade. Her locker was next to mine. She had moved in town from Kentucky to South Florida. Now, we didn't date in high school, it took us all the way to Sanford. We actually had a really cool foundation of friendship we were acquaintances in high school, but really like best friends, freshman year of college at Stanford University in Birmingham, fell in love. In fact, even told, we both on the drive home from college after our freshman year, told both of our moms separately, and didn't confirm this together for a few more months, that we were going to marry each other. And my, when I told my mom, like, I'm, I'm going to marry Linda, you know, I didn't know you guys were dating. Well, we're not, and I don't want to screw it up, but that's my wife. I just knew it. So over the course of that summer, we said, listen, basically, let's date because we're going to get married and remain best friends ever since. We have four amazing kids. My oldest is an 18-year-old going to college next year.
0: Oh, bro, we're in that same season.
1: Yep, probably Liberty. Grace will probably go to Liberty. That's where my stepbrother is. Nephews and nieces are there. It's in Lynchburg. Really excited. Great, great culture.
0: That's where Salis is interested in going, by the way, too. So we're trying to figure that out. Cool. We'll be hanging
1: out a lot in Lynchburg, hopefully, the next four years. Another daughter is a sophomore, and she's a volleyball player. My oldest is musical theater. And then my two boys are in seventh and fifth grade. Just incredible kids. It's amazing how God makes so many just unique personalities from the same household. It's incredible. Our kids are very, they're similar in some ways, and they're so unique and different. Sometimes we just, we ask ourselves, how do they come from the same house? Different experiences, but we love the diversity of talents and gifts and personalities that the Lord gave us. I think we're exiting what we've called the wonder years, which was, you know, they're out of diapers, but everybody can jump in the car and we're still in charge. Those days are over. Got two drivers now, high school daughters, and two sons in middle school. And so the wonder years was an amazing season, but that season's over and we're on, at least for the girls, the adventure of where are they going to college and what does that season look like is ahead. So that keeps us on our knees and dependent on the Lord.
0: Absolutely. bro, And I love that. In fact, we're going to in a little bit have a couple questions around. I know one of the things you've been very intentional about is not treating all your kids the same and giving them that that individual attention and understanding who they are. And that's one of the things I'm going to have a couple questions for you here towards the end of our interview about why that's been so important and what words of wisdom you have for dads about getting that one-on-one time. So. I tell you, bro, the reason I wanted to have this conversation today, and I love the awareness you have of, you know, life can't all be one big party and all that. And God gives us our wives to give us, you know, that really good alternative perspective. But
1: but I'm going to try hard to make it one big party. I'm going to try really hard.
0: As you should, as you should. But, you know, we're we're living in a day and age with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of pressure. You know, dads are coming home and uh, there's just so much on our minds, and on our hearts. And it's really easy to bring that stuff home with us, right? And the reason I want to have this conversation today about this energy and joy and fun cuz I think we have to be intentional. To you know, you may bring it too much. I think I speak for myself, but I think for a lot of dads, we probably don't bring it enough. You know, we're lost in all these thoughts and things. And so I think you bring an interesting perspective as a dad, but you also bring a really interesting perspective with the business you guys are in. You know, 21 years over 16 and a half million students and I, I wanted to take a moment before we get into your personal experience and ideas just to get your perspective on what you're seeing in our students these days you know you you get to see some things that we as dads don't get to see because you get to see our kids in school and all that's happening there that we may not see so tell us just a little bit about the work you guys do at booster around character development and then what are you seeing in kids that you're interacting with these days
1: yeah thanks Scott so Boosterthon fun runs started in college raised schools as much money as we can over the course of a 2 week program usually it's a fun run sometimes a color run a glow run a dance party we've iterated and innovated a whole lot covid was really challenging for us of course if you can imagine all of every school we had our entire client base was all shut down 173 days of no revenue i've done a few podcasts on the struggles of being an entrepreneur as well as the joys that was a struggle sacrifice dependent on the lord season that between my faith and family, that's what we had in that season. I'm really grateful.
0: It might have been struggling to bring the fun home during those days.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. It was tough. It, yeah. But, but we did as much as we could. We were intentional about it. You know, it's interesting you ask that question. If you look at every stat and every listener will agree when I say the basics of, Stress, anxiety, mental health are all doubled or tripled from what they were five, ten years ago, seven years ago. And everyone knows that, and they've seen different stats in different ages. The question is why? And the easy answer is COVID. Well, it was stressful, and things changed, and definitely there's some long-tail residue and policies that just the world is a little more complicated than it probably needs to be. But I think I was in a meeting with a principal the other day up in Pennsylvania, and I said, what is your theory? He said, talked about how our character... Program over time can include even more emotional health and social emotional learning stuff where we're not just talking about stuff in the head, but the heart and how you feel. I do think this generation appropriately communicates feelings better than our generation or definitely our parents' generation did. The question is, are they led by their feelings, or do they know how to control them, or are their feelings controlling who they are? So, my generation or our dads kind of didn't even acknowledge them. Our generation knew they were there, probably didn't talk about them. This generation talks about them. But my question, I don't want to cast judgment on this generation they are too young yet, are they letting their feelings lead them or are they listening to them and then appropriately deciding? And so I, I said, what is your hypothesis to this this principle? Like, why is everything skyrocketing? It, what is it? he said, I feel like parent stress and anxiety is at an all-time high and kids are feeling it through their parents. It's being transferred. It's contagious anxiety in the home. And every home looks different, but his hypothesis was the world's more stressed out than normal. And I know we're blaming kids for social media and phone distraction and stress and always on. But guess where they're seeing it and observing it? It's through the parents, right? So you know, a challenge to us dads. We do not have this figured out. We're not very good at it. But you know, more is caught than taught. That's a leadership principle. I think it's true in the home. I'm as guilty as anybody. So I am trying to be more intentional about where I place my phone when I'm home. The amount of distraction that's going on in my mind, I definitely think there's a pressure parents put on their kids. That hey, as a baseball coach, of last night, late game, and another game tomorrow, I see some doubts out there that are flat out crazy. And it's you know, it's the adage that they're probably trying to live out their maybe lack of success through their kids. There's a balance we ask a whole lot of our kids, and the days of kids being kids seems to almost be gone. And I do feel like there's a healthy resurgence or reclamation of. Margin and childhood that probably needs to be reclaimed. I mean, listen, your kid's probably not going to go to Harvard and be an NFL quarterback. It's probably not going to happen. That's you know that's what the odds are. But we we're pushing them as if they are. And I love my boys. I play college baseball and I coach their teams. And I want to get the best out of them. And I want sports to be an opportunity for life lessons. But I'm also pretty honest with the team every year. Say, hey kids, I hope you play in college you're probably not let's make sure we're having fun out there okay let's have fun let's get better let's learn about hard work and defeat and success and loss and all the life lessons but let's also let's do life lesson stuff because at some point even if you're the best ever in your 30s you'll be done with sports and then life goes on but man i see a lot of dads taking it too seriously and not not having fun with it that's on the sports side on the home side i'm an entrepreneur I use a phrase, my mom was a college educator, so grew up in an educator's house. And she coined this phrase, so, so don't throw me off the show, but I don't want school to get in the way of my kids' education. I don't let school get in the way of their education. What that means is if there's an opportunity outside the school walls for an education, a trip or someone's in town, not just vacation, but like, hey, this is a really cool opportunity, we'll miss school for it because I feel like that's even more important. Again, as an entrepreneur who had an idea and created it, I'm a little less dependent on the perfect resume and the perfect college and the perfect GPA. But, man, there's so much pressure put on kids these days for that. I think it's leading to some anxiety.
0: Yeah, you know, Chris, I had a, a couple of months ago on one of our podcasts, I interviewed an educator who's a Harvard doctorate and one of a uh, superintendent, and he talked about in these days, colleges are looking at, at resumes of students almost as much for what they've been involved in in leadership and opportunities in the community and all that as they are a GPA. So I'm glad that we're making that move. You know, it strikes me too, bro, that part of what we're talking about today is giving enough space for it to happen, right? Like not being so overscheduled. It's like, no, we don't have time to go do that because we got this and that. And right, we're going 10 different directions and it can be crazy.
1: Yeah, very much so. And this is every dad's battle, every intentional dad's battle. If it's not a battle, you either have a three-month-old and it will be a battle or you're not battling hard enough. But the battle for margin and family time and space to not do the ruthless elimination of hurry, as a author called it, is is real and I think we should pay attention to that.
0: That's great, man. Well, you know, let's dig into that a little bit more for you personally. I know you're a huge proponent of creating joy, fun experiences for your family, right? Tell us about a couple of your favorite, whether it's the most recent or just a couple of memories you have, just favorite experiences you've had with your kiddos, man.
1: Oh, man. All right. Well, I can get better on the Tuesday afternoon. Chill out. Let's just look at your homework and, you know, let's mow the yard. That's not my expertise. I'd love to hear some experts on that.
0: Are you saying that Lindy mows the yard? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Mowed many yards as a
1: business, but not this day. I want to help the next business owner mow my yard by giving him the opportunity. I don't want to take that opportunity away from him. So I'm, uh, what I'm really good at, what we, my wife and I are really good at together is creating really fun experiences. So about 15 years ago when our oldest was three, is that right? Yeah. 15 years ago, we're like, you know, this whole family vacation thing at some point coming up, it's going to be us, not just us going to parents. You know, you can't have a season where you go on your parents' vacation, then you bring your infant to your parents thing. Then you're like, wait, we have ours. What do we want to do? So I created an Excel spreadsheet listing out the years at the time. It was, you know, 15 years left for grace. We've since had three more kids, but I listed it out basically to where empty nesters. I have a great app on my phone that counts down days to things. It's it's like a time app. You upload a picture, how many days left? Just gives perspective.
0: That's cool. What is you know the name of that, Chris? What's the name of that app? Yep, I can
1: look right here. But don't lose you. Am I losing you? It's called. Whoops, turn it sideways. It's called Day Count. Day Count.
0: Day Count. Okay, cool.
1: So the Day Count app. Yeah, there we go. Got you back. It's awesome. I look at it all the time. I mean, it's like how many days in my life have I lived and how many days still left to live? I've lived to be, I think I have it pegged at 90. I'm an optimist. How many days till family vacation? How many days till Christmas? How many days till opening baseball season? So it's just fun to look at, countdown. I have seven years and nine months left until we're empty nesters, not first one to college. I got 280 days till the oldest is in college and we get in the process, but life moves so quick. Well, let's acknowledge it. Let's number our days. A wise sage, thousands of years ago, challenged people to number your days. And I think we should. And there's an app to do it. How many days have you lived and how many left? And I'm a big believer that not all time in life is equal. I think there's, I'll I'll use two Greek words. I took a couple years of Greek and I was probably the worst Greek student ever, but here's what I remember from it. This is important. It's helped my whole life.
0: You got two of them at least, you remembered.
1: (laughs) I got two words. One of them's tattooed. On my side. The two Greek words for time are chronos and kairos. We know chronos, chronology, the ticking of a clock. It's 3 p.m. It's 4 p.m. No matter what happens, the sun rises, the sun sets, and time moves on at a consistent basis, always has and will. But kairos is this idea of moments that matter in the fullness of time. Like this was the moment, right? And so you look back, Scott, anybody listening puts a timeline on their life and they say, Tell me about your life. You're going to skip entire Thursdays. You won't even remember. You can't. I can't even remember what I did a week ago today. I have to look at my calendar. But I can tell you about the baseball game last night. My parents coming into town on the weekend. What we did last Christmas. So there's these moments. If you look back over the whole year, I'll bet we couldn't name more than ten like big moments. Now I bet if we looked at our whole life, there might be 25 big moments. The moment I saw my wife in eighth grade or locker next to mine. The moment we had our first kid. Well, to me. Summer vacations have the opportunity to be Kairos moments. So we've planned these Kairos moments and we're always planning and curating. I mean, like, so this Excel that I built 15 years ago and have for another decade going, we're on the crazy bucket list, no time, no dollar budget attached. Where would we want to go and what would we want to do? Now that's the divergent thinking. Then there becomes the moment of convergent thinking, you know, can we go to that part of the world? Do we have the money for it? What does it cost? How long will we go? Yeah, that's next year. So I'm constantly moving stuff around. But we've got this international, domestic, every other year rhythm. It hasn't happened every year. COVID threw everything off. And But we did an African safari one year. We Then we did the American West the next year. Then we did a trip to Italy one year. And then we did a Montana dude ranch one year. So it doesn't always have to be crazy and exotic. But depending on the year and the time and the money and graduations or big events, we try to create those Kairos moments. I think on a trip like that, I think it's in thirds. I think a third is the excitement, the anticipation, the buildup. We're talking all year, Christmas, the week between Christmas and New Year's. Guys, here's what we're doing. In fact, our last Christmas gift to the kids every year, we kind of pile on this, this idea and theme. The last gift is a scavenger hunt all around the house and the yard, and they come back, and they then have to discover where we're going for the summer vacation. So here's a tip for dad. We also do that for spring break. If we happen to do a spring break trip, you're going to do it anyways. Get ahead of it. Make it a big, epic Christmas gift. So then that week between Christmas and New Year's, when we're having a little bit of downtime, guys, who's excited? This year we're going to France. And what, you know, here's the books on it, here's the conversation around it. What's the type of food we might eat? Let's watch a video about it. What are some movies about France we can watch over the spring? So that like a third is anticipation. A third is the epic adventure of the trip. And then a third is the life experiences, the conversations we still having about our African safari we did eight years ago. So I think, you know, that's a luxury to be able to do trips like that, but we feel like it's a very short season of life that we can do it. It unites us together as a family, the conversations that last and the memories a lifetime. And then the build up to it, if we're intentional, we kind of plan it together. You know, everybody read through, what is everybody's bucket list? What would you want? You want to do the museum? You want to do the adventure, the hot air balloon ride or the fishing trip? Or So we're really good at doing that. We love it. Some of our best memories have been those summer fun vacations.
0: Bro, that's awesome. And you know, the, What I love about that is regardless of what your budget is or regardless of your time flexibility, if you can get ahead and think through, I mean, building that bucket list is great. Even if it's just, hey, what do we want to do here in Georgia, right? Or what do we, I mean, regardless of what you can do, getting ahead and thinking ahead and putting enough creative thought to bring the kids into the fun of it, right? Like that's just such a great practice for all of us as dads. First one
1: we ever did probably 10 years ago, we called it the Great American Summer, and we didn't have a ton of money. We're like, what is everything we've always wanted to do in Georgia? The Children's Museum, the Aquarium, Six Flies. Like, we just made, literally had a whiteboard. Kids made a huge list, kind of curated the list. So it doesn't have to be over the top, but the whole like, it's May. What do you guys want to do this summer? I guess we'll go to the same beach or that's great. I just think there's potentially more memories, more family connection if we're a little bit intentional, which comes by planning it a little further out.
0: I love that, man. I love that. And that's certainly a way that you can bring that fun and thinking ahead. Now, I do know that, bro, you have a full work schedule. You have a lot of people vying for your time. You know, thanks for making the time today, man. I know there's a full calendar ahead of you, but I'm curious to know how have you as a dad kept yourself and your kids in a place where they're not relegated to the leftovers of your time and your attention. What's some of the practical ways that you've made sure that they have what they need from you as a dad, even with the busyness of life?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a struggle. So there's no master of this by any means. Try to take advantage of car time, the trips to school. Man, it's so easy for me to like, just get on my phone and send three texts or make a phone call work. Or, and I try to ask a couple questions. For us, we're a family of faith. So how can I pray for you? What you got coming up today? A quick prayer before they get out of the car. That's for my kids, my boys that are not driving yet. So that's one moment that can easily be wasted, but it can be captured man, it's really tough for me to go from fifth gear down to probably an appropriate third or second gear when I'm home. I kind of stay in fifth gear. And so that's a challenge. I'm working on a few tactics to try to get better at that, try to wrap up work at work to give myself the 12-minute drive home with less going on. And I fail at that more than I succeed at it. But if I can get You know, that 12 minutes of a little bit of silence and solitude, a prayer for what's coming up, a thought of like, where is my wife and kids? Where are they emotionally and mentally and what's coming up? That shifts me down just a degree where I'm not coming in the house as CEO, as my wife says, hey, it's time to just be dad and husband. So that's really tough for me to take that hat off. And I'm working through some tactics and the 12-minute drive home when I can commit to that without staying in that mode gives me just enough time to do it we love family dinners. We're intentional about them. They're very tough and tougher and tougher between musical theater and volleyball games and me coaching baseball and work events and people in town. It's very tough to do. But in a perfect world, we have two family dinners a week. And sometimes that shifts from Sunday night to Sunday lunch if we can do it. But we try to do two family dinners a week. And if other families in town, we'll loop them in. But we attempt for that to be just the six of us, not with friends or a double date or out with other families, just to connect. And it doesn't happen every time, but if we try for two, we probably average, what would that be, eight a month? We probably average six a month if we're trying for two. And that comes just by time blocking it on the calendar. Lindy, when, when can we do a family dinner? You know what, Thursday night's the game. Okay, what, can we do it after the game? I know it's going to be a late dinner, but can we just all huddle at eight o'clock and try to do a family dinner then? So sitting down around the table, the attempt to do that, though it's tougher, I feel like in American life than it's ever been, it's a great reward just to get everybody's update. How are you? What's going on in life? What's the highlight? We love that time. We're trying to do a better job of protecting our Sundays as a more of a day of rest and family time and connection. Boy, that's tougher than ever as well. But the rest for our souls and the connection with one another, when we do that is always worth it.
0: You know, Chris, as I'm listening to you, I think the important thing for our dads to hear is the fact that you're struggling with it, right? Like, The world we live in, right? I think if we're not struggling with it, then we're missing it, right? Like, would you say it's always, it's always, it's not a destination, right? It's like, it's continuing to make these mid-course corrections and being intentional with it.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, these tactics, I'm talking about the 12-minute drive home. That's from I got that two weeks ago from a life coach who's like, man, let's just think of some basics that can fit into your schedule, not some big new habit that's not sustainable. You drive home every day. What if you just shift from phone calls on the way home to silence on the way home? Twelve minutes. Try it a couple days and yeah. So that's a new tactic. I think we're always learning from each other. And the goal is that we're we're in the arena, right? The the quote of it's not the critic that counts, it's the, the man who's in the arena. I think being in the arena is the key to almost all of life. We're fighting battles, whether it's work, marriage, fatherhood, community, but let's just be in the arena. That's success. It takes courage, vulnerability, but being in the arena should give us a feeling of accomplishment that we're in the right spot.
0: I love it, man. Well, we've got just a few minutes left here. I would love for just before we get to a little lightning round of some quick questions, I'd love to just get your thoughts. I know not only are you guys intentional with your family and your kids as a whole, but I know you pay close attention to each of your kids individually. What's something that you want every dad to understand about the need for that focus time with each of your kiddos?
1: Yeah, one-on-one time. I've asked so many dads that are a season ahead of me who are empty nesters, if you could go back to my stage, what would you do differently? Every single one of the dads that I've respected, the guy that married me, my former youth pastor, I could make a list of 10 of them. Oh, I wish I had more one-on-one time. Now I was an only child, so my parents had only that, but if you got multiple kids, two or more, and I'm not assuming that one-on-one time with the one is easy either, but for four kids, it's really tough because one-on-one for me means my wife has got the other three. So it's a sacrifice on our behalf. But we just see that it's so important. My wife got the day to, to do a fun trip with my son Monday. I'll do other stuff, but you got to take that one-on-one time because that's what kids remember. When I asked them their best memories, dad, it was just you and me went on this baseball trip, or we went to this thing or did, you know, had that one-on-one time. I'll tell you what, to the dads out there, something that's really impacted me this is just personal preference more than principle. But there is a camp in California called J.H. Ranch. It's a Christian camp It's a camp for kids to go to, but twice a year, they have a father-daughter week. They call it sweet week. And when my daughter was born, a mentor of mine said, 15 years from now, summer, 20, whatever, put this on your calendar. And I did. And he asked me about it. And I've been, I took both my girls. They since have been back by themselves. But that one-on-one for a week, now that's the tough order. A week is a lot, but it's really a lot if you're trying to figure out what to do for a week. But there are a couple camps and environments that are fathers. So, my boys, they also have a father son week that I'll be doing with my boys in a few weeks. So, I kind of got on that train. I just found the camp that worked for us. It's in California. We fly out a day early. We rode bikes. So, we went to a baseball game, did something, and then we did the whole week and then flew back. That's a sacrifice for my wife as well. But if I ask my kids, my girls, they'd say that was one of the, the best weeks of their life. It was my best week of my life as a dad, that one on one time. So, hey, it might not happen now. It might not have to be a week. It might not have to fly to California, but is there a weekend? that you could take with a kid, maybe it's summer 2025. The key is to talk about it and to get it on the calendar, start planning for it. It doesn't have to be exotic or even a week, but the intentionality
0: is the key. I love it, man. I love it. And you know what? If we're going to invest time, what better way to invest that time, right? Than getting those moments. I've often done just a 24-hour adventure with my kids. Just get away for one night, right? Something local. But those are the marking moments. So real quick lightning round, I'm going to shorten this down. I want to just do two questions around what has the potential to steal more time than anything else in our families, especially when it comes to fun and joy. Let's talk for more about technology. How do you guys handle, the second question is going to be social media, so we won't go there yet, but just the use of technology in your home. How do you guys think about that?
1: Well, the best book on it, let me refer to the expert here, is Andy Crouch, The Tech Wise Family. I've got it behind me somewhere on this bookshelf. It's called the TechWise family. And it's from Andy Crouch's perspective. I really respect him and what he has to say about it. He talks about putting technology in its proper place, leading the technology as the technology leading me. And it's amazing because the prompts, the buzzes, the haptics, the alerts, they are preconditioning my psychological response. And they've been algorithmically programmed to do so, to steal my attention, When a lot smarter people than me know how to take my attention. so. I've got to say, this is my life and my attention. I'm going to give my focus to who matters most. No, I'm not good at this. And I don't think anybody listening has mastered this. If they have, put them on your podcast next. I want to listen to them. But the acknowledgement that technology is stealing my attention and then what I model gets passed on to my kids. I mean, I remember when we were kids, parents were like, man, turn off the TV or the t- you know, don't sit too close to the TV. Like TV's great compared to your own personal device that who knows what you're watching and it's curated just to you. TV, at least, we're all, there's one and we're all together. Like that's what was a curse 25 years ago. Is like, that's the good stuff right now. Let's all watch a Braves game together. Wonderful. So I think we, not anti-technology, technology technology started with the wheel. I mean, we need to be pro-technology. It's good stuff, but like everything in life, it needs to be created and curated with a purpose on purpose for the good of others. And it can, like anything, it can be good or evil. So we try to be intentional about no phones at the dinner table. We try to be intentional about when we're home, let's put it away. Let's go eyeballs and contact. We try to watch movies or TV or games together. Hey, let's all, we're all fi- you know huddling by the fire pit. Let's watch this was last week before they lost. I'm still sad, but let's watch the Braves game together on TV. So doing making tech something that brings us together, not apart, as a way to think about it. Family movie night, let's make it a big deal. Game on TV, let's make it a big deal as opposed to everyone goes and does their own thing.
0: Social media, how are you guys handling social media these days?
1: First of all, we're a little weird with, I think our kids were the last kids to have phones, my daughters, in eighth grade. My friends do, my friends are like, that's great that, you know, you're my kid and you will eventually. And then you get to the point, honestly, I think it's when you get to the point that you're like, they have to have it because I need to be able to get in touch with them, like for me. But what we did, one of the things we did was we had a house phone. We got an extra phone. This isn't your phone, Grace. This is the home phone because not a ton of homes have phones anymore. So we had a home phone. That home phone eventually became Grace's phone. And then we had another home phone that eventually became Emma's phone. But it was like, we're going on a day. We got to get a hold of you. Or we're, you know. So we kind of transitioned that. So my oldest son is in seventh grade. He doesn't have a phone yet. Most of his friends do. We won't do it till at least till this summer, beginning eighth grade, probably at the earliest. We'll probably take the home phone and convert it over like we have done. I don't think we let the girls have social media, primarily Instagram till ninth grade. I think they had to be in high school. And they, were, they felt behind, whatever, we don't care. It, man, it's, so, we love you. I love social media. It's got a lot of good purposes. It also, at an early age, that comparison game and distraction cannot be helpful. so And there's various forms of social media that we still don't let them have. And we're paying for the phone. So, that's how it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Chris, you've seen, you know, 16 and a half million kids. So, over 20 years, if anyone knows some of the dangers of that you know, you guys are seeing. Okay, final question. Just fun question. I'm gonna throw this in there. You're sitting around the fire with a group of guys. I know you're a bourbon guy, but is there a go-to brew for you if you're sitting around the fire with a group of guys? Maybe it's a specific one. Maybe it's just kind of a style. What's your go-to?
1: I love, I'm doing it tonight, by the way, eight to 10, I got a fire pit going. I love Sam Adams Oktoberfest. There's something about a good Oktoberfest that is just great. I discovered a Founders Brewery. I think that's a Georgia deal. Founders Oktoberfest is even better. It's tougher to find. I just had it for the first time last week. I love a good Oktoberfest and you can't drink it in November or September. It's a good month. Maybe that's why it makes it special, but I love the Amber Ale. It's pretty delicious.
0: Love it, man. Yeah, Founders makes a lot of bourbon rested beers. That's why I love Founders. So, <laughs>
1: okay. Well, that's good to know. I, that was the first one I think I'd had, and I'm on the Founders train.
0: Awesome, man. Well, maybe I'll hook you up sometime or something. We'll let you try some things. Listen, man, as we close our interview, you know, one of the things that's great is to talk about these things. But one of the things we say at As on Tap podcast it's not enough to talk about it, we have to put some things into practice. So, What's one thing that you would challenge dads to think about, whether they're listening to the podcast, maybe they're sitting in a brewery chapter having a conversation? You know, what's one thing you'd challenge dads to think about in regards to this idea of bringing fun, bringing joy to your home? Man, dream
1: with a group of people. Maybe it's dads if you're starting there, then maybe it goes to your wife. Hey, and I would ask questions, but what's the most fun family event you've ever done? What's the most memorable? You know, the people a season ahead, 10 or 20 years ahead, what's your best memory? As parents, it's probably going to be a Kairos moment, a tradition of going to the mountains. Or mm-hmm. I go to spring training with my boys. I always like that idea, but it's become our favorite trip of the year. If you ask me that question, I'd say, and hey, my boys, my spring training trip with my sons. It's February, it's cold up here. Usually we go the last week of February. Spring hasn't started. We're looking forward to it all month. We fly to Florida, we stay at a cheap hotel, we go to $12 baseball games, we eat pizza. It's like springs here, but the fact that it's just us, it's two nights, it's easy to do, that's one of our favorites. But that just kind of emerged from like let's just test this and try this and and see what works and see what's fun. Man, there I'm a big fan of America. There's so many amazing places in America that you can drive to within 2 hours for one night or not even overnight. From small towns to sporting events you haven't heard of to you know the circuses in Greenville or the I mean like just try some fun thing and I'm always reminded that the journey to the event usually is what I remember more than the event itself. But you got to have an anchor event. Like, what are we doing? We're just driving to Greenville. No, no, no. Dude Perfect's in Greenville, or there's a concert in Greenville, or we're going to check out the waterfalls in Greenville, or there's a farmer's market. But it's like the thing you discovered after the farmer's market, or the dinner you have before the concert, that, or the drive up or back that's fun. So be adventurous, explore. Let's pull over. Hey, let's check out that shop. Exploring the world with your family is awesome. To do it together. You know, what creates memories sometimes are things that are novel and new and exciting. It's not just us having done it and then bringing our kids along for the ride. Let's do something together that's new. Let's just go to a new place or do something that we wouldn't normally do music, sports, art. Let's try it. And the goal is not the thing, the goal is the relationship that's formed on the journey to the thing.
0: I love it, man. Dads, what adventures are you planning? If you aren't, start planning. If you have some, Get it on the calendar. <laughs> yep.
1: You know, you also could do sometimes people ask, the, do we go just to our family? Do we meet another family? It can often be both. Like, I remember our trip to Italy, we found out that some friends of ours were going to go as well. We planned it. We met up in Florence for two nights. Not the whole trip, but it was so cool. Like, no way is our friends from Atlanta. We had dinner in Florence and we, you know, like did a day tour with them. And then we all kind of split up. And so sometimes that's fun to
0: combine. Love it. I love it. Chris, man, Liz, I know we could talk a lot more, a lot more ideas, but I want to thank you. This has been fantastic. How can our listeners, I'll put in a plug for Booster, if your school needs fundraising and you want more than just a fundraising company, character and all the things you guys do, how can our listeners connect to you, both Booster and you personally online, or what's the best way to get connected?
1: Yeah, choosebooster.com, choosebooster.com. School fundraising, primarily elementary, but we now offer middle school and high school sports and groups. Your football team needs to raise money, girls' soccer team, choir, we do that as well. We also print, we're the largest printer of youth t-shirts in the country. We print about 3 million t-shirts a year. That booster gear has evolved into anything with a logo. We can print from shirts to cups to mugs to t-shirts. So if anybody needs anything, we got great deals and great customer service. So happy to help in that, in that regards. But I'm in it with you guys. I'm a fan of what you do. Look forward to listening to more podcasts as well.
0: Thank you, brother. Dads, be sure to follow us on social media at The Dads on Tap for more helpful content each day. Also, if I can do anything for you personally, feel free to email me at scott at dadsontap.com. If you're interested in starting a chapter in your community you want to find out more about that, feel free to reach out. Lastly, and most importantly, take what you've learned today and let's go be a better dad.
1: Amen.